Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Yeah, welcome to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Loads to get through this week. Uh, we're going to consider Bristol City's bounce back ability. I love that word. And that very tasty tie with Manchester United in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. Uh, the loss of Famara Jiju. How big an impact is that going to have, do we think? I'm also going to discuss Aidan Flint's future at the club as Gregor's been chatting to Mark Ashton. And how can we not mention Giftgate? So all of that uh, to come. We'll begin with our Bristol City trivia question, which is about Bobby Reid, a Bristol boy. But what school did he go to? Uh, so, Gregor, hello. Congratulations. You weren't here last time because you're getting married. I know I had to uh, miss one game, unfortunately, but I think I might be uh, deserved that uh, honeymoon away. So uh... Yeah, I might let you off on that one because you were actually getting married. Um, so let's get straight to it then. We had a couple of poor results and actually I think you missed both of them. Um, the 0-0 against Burton, which wasn't so good. But were you back for the Leeds game? You were, weren't you? I was back for the Leeds game, yes. Um, and that was um, a terrible performance. I think everybody would recognise probably mm. the worst performance of the season, unfortunately. But um, maybe, as uh, Johnson said, it was good to get a the punch on the nose out of the way and um, see how the team reacts and uh, as we've seen they've reacted very well and uh, much needed win at the weekend against Sunderland but there's starting to be a little bit of unease amongst the fans if you looked on social media just a little bit is is it the same story as last year because going to the international break as we said exactly the same points tally pretty much uh, almost the same position at the table more or less and then they had those two not so great results I mean Burton were incredibly hard to break down but the creativity was lacking Leeds was just I think you just got to chalk that one off but I spoke to Leroy Rossini on the last podcast Gregor when you were off busy getting married and he said you're going to have a couple of games like that through the season it's going to happen but he thought you know what this team is a lot stronger and has that experience this season and he's completely right because straight away what did we see what a reaction in the Carabao Cup what a win yeah absolutely and uh, I can understand why fans would be a um, yeah a bit um, despondent about the Leeds result because it's the timing isn't it there's so many similarities to last season but I just think there's a lot more about this team a lot more about this squad we're seeing sort of players like we'll come on to this I know in a bit but DGU out injured but then mm. Jurich comes back and he's filling the void nicely he had a great had a great impact against Sunderland and and obviously had a key role in midweek as well in the Carabao Cup win against Crystal Palace and uh, yeah it's, it's a squad game um, Bristol City recruited well in the summer and we're seeing the fruits of that now and mm. that's why this season is going to be different from last season can I just say as well that squeaking in the background as Gregor finished off his point there is my chair so I don't want anyone else thinking anything during this podcast thank you uh, you've made some great points there though that you know we will come on to Gigi in, in just a second but that was a great win against Crystal Palace I mean they went 1-0 down and, and what character to win in such an emphatic style I wasn't at the game but from everything I've heard it was very impressive it was but you have to caveat that with the, the thir- first 30 minutes Crystal Palace was superb Bakary uh, Sacco was unplayable at times he was down the left down the right had chances he set up um, a great chance for Lee Chong Wong um, who hit the crossbar early on and Palace had other chances and then Sacco himself scored yep. and uh, to be honest I think most people would have said at that point sort of 30 minutes in um, where's the, how is City going to get back into this because it didn't look like they, they could find a way to um, get on the attack and, and certainly didn't have any control of the game mm. it, was, it was really one way traffic however then Dichu went off um, and then and um, Jurich came on to replace him and it was a, a different story after that and not directly linking the two there by the way I, just, I think it might may have just been um, coincidental timing and I did ask Lee Johnson about that after the game and he, he always thought that Crystal Palace would tire um, and I think that was the case. They did tire a little bit. And it's because they made 
made 10 changes from yeah. the week before. You've got guys there who obviously aren't match fit. They've come in, they've had a good 60 minutes, but they're always going to tire towards the end of the mm. game. And that's what happened. Obviously, they got that the first goal, Matty Taylor, gifted to him from yeah. Patrick Van Arnhem. Good finish, though. Yes, absolutely. And then, um, yeah, d- a great finish from Jurich. Fantastic to see him return from injury, have an instant impact, carried it on this weekend. And then, wow, yeah, two blockbuster goals from Joe Bryan and Carl oh. Modada. And, what yeah. a worldie from both of them. I mean, and Callum O'Dowder, actually, someone tweeted me with this saying, Callum O'Dowder's sort of gone from a bit of a passenger to being a real key role in this Bristol, Bristol City team. Just a quick thought on that. Oh, I absolutely would agree. I think I think what we're seeing now is some of the signings from uh, the summer 2016 window and the uh, winter 2017 window really coming to the fore. And mm. this is maybe what some people don't appreciate. It d- really does take time for um, signings to gel with a squad, to yep. get used to the pace. And to be fair to the club, they have said that a lot. Now, it's not always the case with every player. Some players just won't make it. They, they won't adapt and, and they'll be shipped out. It's not right for them. But... Uh, yeah, in the case of Calmo Dalda, he's really starting to grow. I really like the look of him, and I, I, I thought he looked really great in pre-season. He, he had this new position on the right, really. It was in, inverted winger role. He was cutting inside, and he looked so dangerous. Um, and he's really carried that on. And he's, he's, he didn't start in the team this season, but he's kind of forced his way yeah. in. Um, and it's a similar story with Jurich as well. Uh, Lee Johnson has said in his press conferences over the last few weeks that he's... Uh, Bristol City fans haven't seen the best of him and it, yeah obviously he's been out a long time with injury yeah. uh, he's come back in he, he had a few chances um, last season when he, when he when he joined the club but now he's going to get more game time and he's probably more settled in Bristol and he, he's uh, yeah an integral part of the, of the dressing room and we're going to see him uh, the best of him now Well he's got some big opportunities I mean Manchester United Carabao Cup quarter-final. I think if you asked maybe Lee Johnson at the start of the season as a cup-runner priority, I'm not sure what he would have said because it's not a cup competition where people necessarily put out their best sides. I mean, he made nine changes a couple of rounds ago, yet they still won. I think that was against Stoke, was it, that they made nine changes? They won that game. I mean, they've beaten off Premier League opposition time and time again. And they're asked to do it again against arguably the biggest club now in the Premier League. What can you see happening from this? This is being played, by the way, I think 20th December, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's right. It's going to be on Sky, isn't it? And, um, yeah, United made seven changes in the last round, so... Um uh, I think they'll make changes again. Obviously, they're getting closer to to the final, so they might go with a slightly stronger side. But I think if um, Lee Johnson feels a, a strong side, and I'm pretty sure he will do mm. because he's getting he's so it, close, he? yeah, then um, I think it'll be closer Ashton Gate, and um, it depend a little bit on the story of the game in terms of like who scores first, etc., and and which players are actually playing playing for both sides. Well, if Man United score first, won't Mourinho just go quite defensive? Wouldn't you think? Well, you'd have, you'd have thought so, but then um, yeah. <laughs> Football's a funny game, isn't it? You you never know what's going to happen. Set pieces, those kind of things. You you can always um, you can you can easily score from. And Bristol City have scored the most set pieces in the championship. Wow, have they? So, uh, so that's a real weapon for them. And you know, well, it's it's in a few weeks' time, so we'll definitely be coming back to that much nearer the time. And I'm sure it will probably be a sellout at Ashton Gate from the things that I've been hearing. Uh, so Sunderland at the weekend as well. Just a brief thought on that. You know, good a good one away from home. No, I know they're struggling in the championship, but not an easy place to go. A long away trip and a two-one win. Mega windy up there. Really, <laughs> really, yeah, really, really gusty. I was trying to do something on camera afterwards and almost got blown away. So I can I can uh, sympathise with the players because they were trying to play football and it was really difficult conditions. Um, and Lee Johnson said after the game that they they'd taken a while really to get their decision making right in terms of what pass to play and mm. maybe 
fans don't appreciate that quite so much, but it, <laughs> when the wind is that strong, it really it's does affect batting. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, one little story actually about Lee Johnson. Um, when I when I got there, I got there a bit early. Went out to have a look on the pitch, see what it's like, and I saw Lee in the middle of the pitch, and he was walking about with one of the senior members of staff. Yeah. So as a journalist, I was thinking, all right, well, what's he doing? And he was putting some kind of device on the floor. And I thought he was like testing how firm the pitch was, but um, one of the backroom staff t- um, told me that actually he was measuring the length of the grass. No way! And apparently he does that on every pitch. Um, I, I haven't had a chance yet. Have to you asked ask, him about this? I haven't had a chance to ask him oh. why he does that. I, in fact, there's he a presser. Yeah, there's a presser this afternoon, and, not, and bad timing. But um, I'll probably do a story on it. But um, uh, I'll, I'll ask them about that later. We'll have to come but back to that, won't we? Because that is—it's incredible attention to detail, though, isn't that it? And is that incredible that sort of sums him up yeah. in, a, in a way. Yeah, it? I mean, from what we've discussed before, he's a man that doesn't leave any stone unturned. So uh, I look forward to hearing what he has to say about that. So yeah, great, a great win up at Sunderland. Two wins back to back. And does that really sum up Bristol City's bounce back ability? this season yes absolutely I wrote about this at the weekend and um, I just think this win up at Sunderland was so so key because yeah they weren't in the great, greatest form but now they've got Bobby Reid scoring again top of the uh, championship goal scorers chart once again he hadn't scored for a while had he yeah and um, <clears throat> City hadn't scored in sort of three of their last five championship games so it was good for them to uh, find a bit of form definitely turn things around and I think it's a case again of, of getting the fans back on track and just in terms of belief you know and, and so everything Everybody, everybody knows which way they're going. Get, um, get that feel-good yeah, factor back. Team's heading in the right direction again. And it really feels now like they've got that sustained period of form. That We're not just talking about this season, we're talking about stretching right back to March. Mm. It's only, what, two home games lost in yeah. sort of a, a huge amount of time, that Birmingham and the Leeds defeats. Um, and yeah, they're, they're looking nice um, at the moment and, and well in contention for a top six spot. I think I think they'll. I don't think they've got the consistency quite to make the top two this season. But you never know. There's still a long way to go. Um, and anything can happen. The championship is such a funny league, and two really tough fixtures this week: Fulham tomorrow night, but even more so the seven-side derby on Saturday. Always a fiery affair. Neil Warnock and Lee Johnson on the touchline is always an interesting watch as well. Cardiff City. I, I actually covered them on Saturday, and. They were a little uninspired in the final third. But their biggest loss is Kenneth Sahor, their big forward, which is good news for Bristol City. For me, Danny Ward doesn't go close to filling his boots up front for Cardiff City. So already that's a psychological boost boost for Bristol City this Saturday. But... Gregor, how do you see this one going? Because this is a big derby. Well, they haven't. They've had a few problems scoring themselves, and um, yeah, I find find it quite interesting that I've seen a few articles coming out from our sort of sister papers over there saying um, that now is the time for Lee Tomlin to step forward um, and asking him for him to be involved at the weekend. Maybe they need someone like him well, to open the open the door, um, so to speak. In managerial parlance, yeah, he came on for the last sort of ten, fifteen minutes on Saturday. Have you seen what he did? No. He nicked the, the keeper was about to kick the ball out in his hands and Lee Tomlin nicked it and thought he'd scored. And he got uh, booked for it and he was fuming. But the thing with Lee Tomlin is he comes on for Cardiff City and I don't feel like he's got enough time to make an impact at the moment. And I think what a day it would be for him on Saturday. He would either rise to the occasion, unfortunately for Bristol City, and thrive in that atmosphere. And I get the impression that's the sort of character he is from what he puts on social media. I don't know him that well personally. But... Or, I mean, he, he could sink. I can only see it going one of two ways. He's got the stuff happening off the pitch as well. So Lee Tomlin will definitely be a focal point if he starts, won't he? 
be interesting if he does score, and especially if Cardiff had a gif made up of him scoring or something like that. Oh, um, don't put ideas I'm, in their head, Gregor. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being mischievous there, but, uh, yeah. We'll have to see, but, yeah, a lot of attention, I'm sure, on Lee Tomlin as he, as he comes back to the gate on Saturday afternoon. Midday kick-off for that one. So, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, Gregor... That's going to be a tight one. I can I can honestly see that being a draw because I think Neil Warnock will have his side well drilled. I think Neil Warnock might come for the draw in the knowledge that he's got Kenneth Sahor out. I feel like Bristol City, in terms of strike force, have better options than Cardiff City at the moment. I can see Bristol City penetrating that defence. I mean, Sol Bamba is a liability at times. He's he's either brilliant for Cardiff City at the back or he's a liability. Um, it's funny you should say that because I'm a big stats person and um, Sol Bamba is rated as the best player in the Championship this season by really? the official of the stats on the website whoscored.com. I don't know if okay. you know that one. But um, yeah, he's right at the top. I think Joe Bryan is second or third. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine he would be. But, um, I yeah, saw Sol, Sol Bamba on Saturday. Um, he sort of just stabbed at a back pass back towards Neil Etheridge and then the Cardiff City goal. Steve Morrison nicked in for Millwall. Should have scored, didn't score, but that's the Sol Bamba side that I think if Bristol City can put them under pressure, they could force a few errors. Um, but what do you think? I think a draw, but what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's a good time to play Cardiff City at the moment. Um, they've just gone off the boil a little bit. And yeah, Bristol City have had a few injuries, but they're getting players back, as I say, Milan Juric coming in, scoring. It's only it's only played 85 minutes this season, uh, Milan Juric so far, but he's still scored twice in that time. Mm. Um, not sure if he's going to be fit to start either of the games this week. Lee Johnson said after the match that oh, really? yeah, he's still coming back from injury. They're easing him back in gently. Right. They've got Matty Taylor as well. And obviously yeah, Matty Cawley... Taylor's a great option. Yeah, and Corley Woodrow can still have an effect. He grabbed a vital yeah. equaliser yeah. against Derby earlier this year. So, yeah, as you say, I agree with you. They've got fantastic options, City. And, yeah, it could be a good time to um, play Cardiff City. And, yeah, with those extra squad options the City have got, then maybe they can just squeak out a win that um, could see them sort of catch Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, they're next to each other in the table. Fourth v third, that will be huge. And you were just talking about squad depth there, Gregor. I had a tweet from Cruiser Creek 85 on Twitter who said, will the club need to think about trying to recall some players from their loan spells due to the injuries to Fumara Jiju, Jens Hegler? But from what you said, you don't actually necessarily think so. You think there is enough depth there without recalling any players. But if they were going to recall anyone, who would they recall? Well, one they can think about straight away is Gustav Engvall, who um, actually finishes um, his time in Sweden next... I think this weekend is his final fixture out in the uh, Allsvenskan League. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's one straight away that could come into the reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously hasn't done the business at um, Ashton Gate just yet, but he has been playing well over in Sweden. I know that the club still have high hopes for him and um, will assess him when he comes back and maybe he could have an impact. So that's one player. Um, maybe now is the time because there's a lot of fans who've been calling for Horde Magnus into play so maybe now is the time for yeah, the Icelandic uh, defender to come into the team and have a, a real impact he's obviously done it in the Carabao Cup um, and uh, yeah I, I think it's these kind of players that they're going to get their chance and they can really show like what they're what worth think, and why yeah. they were bought and yeah. Well, Colin Sutton also tweeted me at Michelle Seven is my Twitter if you want to get in touch for the podcast. Is the squad a bit light in terms of quality now injuries and a few close to suspensions as well? And he also says what also said what's needed in January to challenge. Well, I think we've sort of covered off that the quality is there, especially up front in the midfield area. I did feel that City was slightly lacking without Jamie Patterson. 
Yeah, I, I got to admit, I am a huge, huge fan of Jamie Patterson. I actually think he's one of the poss- possibly the best player of his ilk in the championship. Well, that's, that's a big statement that's, considering yeah, that's, the teams you have in there. That's how highly um, I rate him. And as an attacking midfielder, he's obviously not sort of one of these pace merchant kind of guys like on the wing. Of, but um, his skill and technical ability. Oh, absolutely. His, his, his footwork is just phenomenal. And there were times he was turning Billy Jones inside out at the weekend. The reason I rate him so highly is because he's so brilliant with his feet. Um, technically, he turned uh, uh, Billy Jones inside out at times at Sunderland at the weekend. And yeah, as I said, with the stats and everything, I know that City look at stats a lot. Um, Patterson has had like the most key passes um, this season. He's he's so creative and he's so uh, his final ball is always so good. Um, and he he hasn't had the most assists this season. I think um, Luke Freeman's now overtaken him and um, somebody else as well. But but with Patterson, give him more time. And he'll be back up Hugely there. Top of this, yeah. And Colin, you also said what's needed in January to challenge that is something we will come back to you uh, with in the next podcast. Then we need to look at an assessor, I think, Gregor. Jiju, uh, you know, we've we've sort of covered what what bigger loss is he? I mean, we've got Milan Juric that can come in, and we've just mentioned Corley Woodrow, Matty Taylor already to step up. So I think pretty well covered for Jiju, but it is still a loss, isn't it? The biggest loss, and we haven't really mentioned him, would be Nathan Baker if he's out for any length of time. And is I he asked, meant to be back soon? He is, yeah. After the game, Lee Johnson said that they think it's only going to be like two or three days that he's going to be out, nothing too serious. But it is the, a re- reoccurrence of his um, knee injury that he did have, uh, so yeah. certainly let's keep an eye on that. But um, yeah, he would be a huge loss because I just think him and Flint at the back are just such a great combination. Well, let's move on to talk about Aidan Flint, actually, because you caught up with Mark Ashton, didn't you, uh, recently? I spoke to him about all manner of subjects including uh, interest from other clubs in Bristol City's best players and we, we kind of discussed um, Premier League interest because I've been told from some sources that there have been some scouts from some Premier League clubs at uh, Ashton Gate in the last few months and I, I think to be fair that's probably the case at pretty much every um, side around the country because the, the way every club um, networks and, and, and continually watches players all the time so there's probably not a huge amount in that um, but Mark Ashton did confirm that sort of to be the case not specifically Premier League but that but there, there was interest in players um, and I also asked about Aidan Flint and what the future is with him we have no desire to sell him um, I think in, I have to give it to him I think he's acted in, in, in an absolute perfect professional manner he's conducted himself outstandingly um, Lee has put him back into the team as soon as he deemed it appropriate um, and I think Aidan's performing at, at some as showing some of the best football I've seen I've seen him play um, and then hopefully that long continues here at Bristol City Football Club. So that's when you caught up with Mark Ashton and that video should be on the Bristol Post website. It's up there now, yeah. I just wanted to quickly discuss on Aidan Flint um, a little story sort of from the... Um, from the summer and basically if he was going to be sold apparently there was a price on his head and what was that price because I know we discussed I thought it was 10 million yeah we discussed this Steve Lansdowne said on BBC Radio 10 million but Mark Ashton the other week on BBC Radio Bristol said that 5 million pounds would get the conversation started yeah it was an interesting conversation between the two of them and uh, yeah it seemed to be that Jeff was under the impression that £5 million would have secured Flint's signature, whereas um, Mark seemed to indicate that £5 million would get the conversation started, but not necessarily be accept- accepted. So you might be talking, well, in my opinion, sort of £6 to £7 million pounds with, with clauses, etc. Um, will he be sold in January, though? No, I don't think so. Um, I said in the summer, I don't think he'll, um, many clubs can afford Aidan Flint and, and will look in that direction. And I think that's, that'll be the case in January. Aidan Flint, for me, with Jens Hegeler, did not work at all. Worth noting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, is just, he is he only as good as he is at the moment with Nathan Baker? 
Uh, I don't know. I think both Flint and Baker are, are kind of similar in a way. Um, they're just very good at what they do. They sort of take no prisoners, centre backs, aren't they? Just very physical. Um, there was a little story about Nathan Baker the other day where um, somebody asked him if he'd have liked to have played in the Leeds game, and he said absolutely because that kind of physical Blood, rough stuff, thunder, yeah, yeah, exactly, is exactly the sort of thing that he enjoys um, and, and relishes even. So, yeah, absolutely, he would. But Flint and Baker are the best partnership by a mile, aren't they? For me, Flint and Hagler didn't really go. Maybe it's because they haven't played much together. No, and Bailey Wright did a, a, stand, a good stand-in job at the weekend at Sunderland. Um, and, yeah, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think now is the time for Magnussen to come forward and, and really get himself in, in the frame. And, and if he wants to stay at Bristol City, now he can prove that and, um, and earn a first-team place. And Giftgate, let's just finish on that. How good was Joe Bryan's gift the other day? I love these. Yes, fantastic. I asked him about it actually um, sort of after the game. They had a little press conference involving him and he said uh, the gift to look out for, in his opinion, is Eros Pisano's. So if oh, Pisano we need him scores, to score. Yeah, if Pisano scores, <laughs> definitely keep an eye on the big video board then. So. OK, well, we will come back to those gifts next time. They're a, f- a fantastic mar- marketing ploy as well by Bristol City. Uh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Greg. Also, the question to our trivia... Co- our trivia question, Bobby Reed went to which Bristol school? City Academy. Of course. Uh, brilliant. Gregor, thank you for your time on the podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight's time, slightly early this week, because myself and Gregor are all over the country this week. Gregor's down in Fulham uh, this week, and obviously the seven-side derby this weekend. We will reflect on those games and see how City are faring in the table in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.